It's now clear that so-called fake news can have real-world consequences. This is more proof of fake news in the media. Fake news. I'm not going to give you a can question. You can you stay categorical? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. Can you stay categorical? Yep, it's about time. This episode of Trump 101, we're talking about alternative facts, misleading information, and fake news. We had a media expert from the University of San Francisco give us the lowdown. Her name is Teresa Moore. She's worked everywhere from the Washington Post to the San Francisco Chronicle. She was also a full-time editor of an alternative news network called New America Media. But she's also a media studies professor of ours and the advisor of her school newspaper, the San Francisco Foghorn. Professor Moore has been a huge mentor to us all. We're all really honored she came on Trump 101 this episode. But before we start with Professor Moore's interview, I went around campus and showed students two widely circulated fake news articles that went viral on Facebook. I asked which was real and which was fake. I see you, Jimmy Kimmel. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fascinating and eye-opening. The first article I showed came out shortly after the election. It claimed that Denzel Washington had come out to support then-president-elect Donald Trump. The other article claimed that President Trump had successfully moved a Ford auto plant from Mexico to Ohio. Both were fake. Let's listen to see if college students are able to figure it out. Yeah, my name is Jalen Hosey, politics major. Second year junior. My name is Rania Ito, so I'm a senior. Denzel backs Trump in the most. Hell nah. This ain't. Can I cuss on this? <laughs> Hell nah. Denzel backs Trump? I don't believe this. Donald Trump is the president elect, and the response from celebrities has been nothing less than hilarious. Many found themselves in tears on election night, among them being Miley Cyrus, Chelsea. Okay, I, I believe Miley was crying. I'm not going to lie, it feels good to watch. After being told for the past year how inevitable a Hillary, Hillary presidency is, and not only who dare oppose her as a racist, sexist, misogynist, xenophobic, homophobe, damn, they, they don't hold back. Well, I feel like the picture's not real. It looks like it's from a movie. <laughs> He's standing right in front of an American flag, and it just seems, it doesn't seem real. Man, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna say this is real. Well, I mean, just knowing, I mean, it's, first of all, it's, it's Denzel Washington, you know, backing up the most epic way. Just just how it is stated, just kind of, I personally don't think it's real. I mean, I feel like a lot of news that we see on, for example, Facebook or any news outlet, I feel like half of it is made up. Okay. Ford's heavy-duty pickup trucks, which used to be built in Mexico, started rolling off in a semi-line in Ohio this week. That's good for, oh yeah, I think this is true. I think I actually heard about this. Or it could also be some fake news that I heard. Because it says right here, right, that Donald Trump, they have had to be criticism from Donald Trump. Why would he get, why would he criticize them if that's basically what he wanted? I'm going to say this one's false. Okay. All right. So the answer is they're both false, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, I knew Denzel wouldn't support Trump. All right. <laughs> Something in me, but I know Denzel's a reasonable man. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping into uh, the topic of our podcast this episode, we're talking about fake news. And I want to ask you, as someone who was doing news and doing journalism before um, the internet and fake news became a buzzword, 
what do you think of as fake news? And is this a new phenomenon? Has it been going on before? I would say that the name is new and um, the way it's being deployed across social media makes it much more powerful. But there's nothing really new about fake news stories. And um, Gabe and Allie and Raquel all had J1 with me. And in that harrower textbook, in the back of the book, they have some old journalism stories. And there's one by Mark Twain, who was a reporter for a San Francisco paper back during the gold rush. And he regularly made stuff up. And if you look closely at the stories, you can see that he's going to have a great future as a fiction writer. Um, but these things were were published as journalism. Well, what? So obviously you're saying that fake news has existed, you know, before the social media age, as you were becoming a journalist, before you were a journalist. When you started to hear the term fake news coming in the last year, year and a half, what was your initial reaction? Were you like, this is not anything new? I guess pretty much. I mean, it's not so much the the term fake news as it is the thing that for me, the the one that really made me roll my eyes and like practically like fall off the sofa in disbelief was the morning that Chuck Todd was interviewing Kellyanne Conway and they were arguing about the inauguration size numbers. And Kellyanne Conway said, you have your facts and we have alternative facts. And I was just like, like, yeah, I was like, oh, whoa. So Professor Moore, which do you find more dangerous? Fake news that comes out with political um, propaganda mission or Trump and politicians and leadership calling credible news sources fake news? I don't I don't know that I would necessarily rank those things. Why not? Well, because I sort of see them as interconnected. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the the Internet in particular has it's it's a breeding ground for misinformation. You can get good stuff there. It's kind of like like, you know, want to think about um, the Internet is kind of being like Ross or um What's that? TJ oh, Maxx. Yeah. Yeah, like Ross Dress for Less or, T- or TJ Maxx. So, you know, you go in there and it's just going to be a ton of stuff. And you have to be ready to work, to go through the racks <laughs> to find the good thing. Okay. The there are good things there. There are good things there. But you have to go through a whole bunch of junk to get to the good stuff. And I think that. Um, I think so. I think that, you know, there's whether it's coming from politicians or, you know, like outfits that, you know, are claiming to be news sources or not, there's always been misinformation on the internet. And one of the things that's troubling is that people can find just what they want. You know, I'm speaking as um, somebody who comes from working in newsrooms into teaching in a media studies department, which is very critical of journalists and what journalists do. Although that's changed, I think, since the election because there's like a newfound respect for what journalists do. Mm-hmm. But in media theory, there's always a lot of um, criticism of and suspicion of journalists. It's like journalists are gatekeepers and journalists are controlled by corporations and you can't trust journalists or the only journalists you can trust are, you know, like alternative, independent, 
independent, you know, press. Again, like I started my my fledgling life in journalism as an editorial assistant at the Washington Post, and then I was an intern at Newsday in New York, and then I was a reporter for a long time at the Chronicle. So. You know, like media scholars would, you know, call all that corporate media, okay, or mainstream media or legacy media. Um, but I also worked at New America Media, which is alternative press. And I've said this many times in classes and in talks that I never felt the hand of a corporate overlord directing what I was reporting when I was reporting in mainstream newsrooms. That, ha- you know, you haven't had that interference with the exception of working at New America Media, which is completely dependent upon foundation money. Mm. And when you're when you're you know when you have to convince the foundation to give you a grant, you have to agree to doing work that the foundation will support. Gabe went around on campus to talk about um, an article that was spread around on Facebook. Um, we wanted to ask you about it. So what we did was we went around and we actually showed people two articles and we asked them, are one of these fake or one of these real? Are they both fake? Are they both real? Mm -hmm. And this is one of the articles that we showed them. Uh, It's an article that was written uh, by New America, which is a a right wing outlet. Um, And the title is Denzel Washington backs Trump in the most epic way possible. And although it sounds somewhat fake it got 15.5 million impressions on facebook so the question we had for you is that how do you prevent stuff like this from happening is it on journalists or is it on the consumers or is it on both i'm kind of surprised that that more people aren't getting sued for libel off of stuff that's on the internet um i don't think it's on journalists because you know journalists like Maggie Haberman at the New York Times is busy doing her job, which is reporting responsibly on things that are going on in the administration. She and the New York Times, they don't have the resources to be out there, you know, like trawling for all of the fake stuff that other people are putting out. It's not journalists' jobs to stop other people from putting fake stuff out there. It is news users' responsibility to learn how to sift what's fake from what's real. Do you try as a journalism professor to teach those skills? Well, that's the whole reason that, you know, I developed civic media. It's Mm -hmm. like a beginning class. We're sort of thinking about, you know, it's not just about like government and media. It's also about you thinking about yourself as a civic actor or a citizen, essentially. And, you know, how are you engaging with media in relation to, you know, like society and in relation to like how the world is working. Mm-hmm. Because social media is, you know, is like this wonderful opportunity for engagement. And you need to be thinking about it. it's not just in how do I keep track of like what bands I like, yeah. but oh, hey, it can be more than a tool that's just like selling me stuff. Mm-hmm. I can use it to try to like connect with other people, care about the issues that I care about, and just try to make a, ch- a change in the world. Yeah, no, definitely. Social media is such a powerful tool, and I think people are are just now realizing that. Just look at Facebook with the question of is it a media company or is it a news company when so many people get their news from Facebook. Um, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg even realizes that. Like The White House and Facebook are two companies I would not want to be working at. 
right now. I think, and I think there's something to what you're saying because I think that Mark Zuckerberg is realizing every day. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! He's, he's, he's an engineer, and he's he's you know he's been he's been brilliant at thinking about how do we get ourselves into all these different parts of people's lives, but not oh, yeah. really thinking about what are the consequences of that. And so I think that he's like having to like kind of like reverse engineer and think oh my gosh, how do I fix this or what do I do? He just wanted to start like a, a group for all his friends at Harvard to be able to send pictures th- to each other. And now and he's like... And I think like, it was like to meet women in class. It was basically, yeah. It was to meet girls. And now so he's undermined like American democracy. A, geo- a geopolitical... <laughs> like, yeah. So force. I, so I feel like... If you were creating fake news, mm-hmm. what would you make to make it believable? Okay. So if I were going to make fake news, and what I think has made for really successful fake news is if you're doing a story where you're basically playing on what people already imagine. When I teach the journalism ethics class, sometimes we watch the final season of The Wire, the HBO series. And the final season focuses on um, the Baltimore Sun and layoffs at the Baltimore Sun. Scott Templeton keeps making up fake stories. And one of his classic ones is he's supposed to write a story about opening day of the baseball season with the Orioles. And, you know, Baltimore is like a big baseball city. They have, like, their ballpark is kind of like the model for our ballpark, Camden Yards. And his character gets sent down to the ballpark to write a story about opening day. And, you know, he says, you know, before he goes, he's, I'm going to look for an old timer, somebody who's like never missed an Orioles game, you know, like at Camden Yards. He gets down there and all he finds are cranky people who are like mad that tickets are so high and they think like the pitching sucks. And so he realizes he doesn't have what he needs for a story, so he makes up a character. And the character he makes up is like this little black kid named EJ. And EJ, you know, has been is in a wheelchair because he's been shot. And he's paralyzed. And he wheels himself from East Baltimore down to Camden Yards to sit outside the ballpark just to hear the game, all right? So it's like, you know, this like, like violin strings kind of story. And it's like playing on so many stereotypes with stereotypes that are dislocated from reality. And his editor, who's like like a middle-aged black guy who's grown up in Baltimore, is like, what kind of black kid cares that much about baseball? That they're going to wheel themselves from East Baltimore down to Camden Yards for the game. He's like, I, basketball maybe, football, but baseball, really? And he starts like picking the threads of the story. But most of the editors are so enchanted by this notion of, wow, that kid really loves baseball, that they buy it. So you give people something that's going to trigger something that they are already interested in, or they're they're already inclined to think this might be the case. And then you sort of like run with that. That's kind of how like, that's sort of where quote unquote good fake news comes from. And the more you distrust or dislike the person that the fake news is about, the more likely you are to want to believe it. So we all have to be more careful. Pay attention to where your news is coming from. Well, thank you very much, Professor Moore, for coming on the show. Thank we you for really having me on the it. show. Yeah, it's exciting, you know, because I mean, Trump 101 is like, this is like the top podcast coming out of USF. You can listen to more of our work at Trump101podcast.com and follow us at Trump101podcast on Twitter and Facebook. 
And thank you to our listeners. Tune in for our next episode about a USF professor who voiced support for the controversial Title IX change by Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. Special thanks to the university students we interviewed. Thank you to the University of San Francisco Media Lab for providing the studio and equipment. Thank you to Tin Din for graphic design, and a big thank you to the USF Media Studies Department for funding our SoundCloud. We wouldn't be here without all the Pro Tools lessons and workshops the Media Studies Department has given us. News clips are provided by CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. All fake news. <laughs> awesome, man. That's really good. Yeah, that was really good.